0: Chapter Thirty One of *Red Diamonds* by Justin McCarthy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Thirty One, A Letter. misery's Hotel, pira Constantinople. My dear sister, for surely I may call you sister, you who have always been as good to me as if I were indeed your brother. I am writing now to say good-bye to you for a long time i hope that we shall meet again i look forward with all my heart to such a meeting but time must elapse time for healing time for forgetting time for forgiving did you think that the vagabond was reclaimed that the restless adventurer had become reconciled with civilization and society and all the rest of it that the wild ass of the desert was going to eat contentedly in civic stables did you think all this my dear sister if you did it would not be surprising for indeed i thought it or at least half thought it myself it really did seem for a little while as if rupert granton the never-do-well had positively made up his mind to settle down and become a respectable member of a respectable community but the end was not yet you see here i am in dear old stamboul pausing on the edge of the great world of adventure I always think that the long bridge across the Golden Horn is, as it were, the gateway to Wonderland. I have crossed it often before. Soon I shall cross it again, shall make my plunge into outer darkness, and turn up heaven knows where, perhaps at Tibet among the Buddhists, perhaps in China, shall I fetch you a hair of the great cham's beard, perhaps at Ispahan i do not know and i do not care to a citizen of the world like myself injured by long experience one place is as much home as another as much home at least as i shall ever know please don't think that i am going to be sentimental or sigh because a rolling stone doesn't gather moss i haven't the slightest desire to gather moss and should not know what to do with it if i did gather it no my bohemian blood is throbbing in my pulses and its pulsations told me that i must be up and doing that vague indefinable unconquerable feeling which the gipsy which the arab which every wanderer knows so well was upon me and it had to be obeyed it is no use to struggle against it i know but little and care less for our family history the history of a family into which you married my dear sister hardly to your good fortune But I sometimes wonder if any of the ancestral Grantons ever wedded a gipsy-woman, or if, by chance, some crusading forefather picked up a Saracenic bride. If either of these events happened, it would account perhaps for the vagrant blood in me, the vagrant blood that needs will keep my body drifting idly over the world. Have you started a new fencing-master yet? if so i trust he will prove more satisfactory than his predecessor i know that you expressed a great deal of pity for the fellow when bostock's body was fished up out of the thames at gravesend if he did commit suicide it was no sighing matter the world was better off without him Certainly some folk who are very dear to you and me may breathe more freely for his absence from the game. I happen to have learned something about the man, and I may as well tell you in confidence that he was the secret enemy who was striking at Gerald's life. More than this I do not care to say, and more than this, therefore, I am sure you, my dear, will not want to ask. The fellow was a great scoundrel. I regret the conditions which helped to make him such a scoundrel. I cannot honestly say that I feel any regret for him. Well, there are queer people in the world, and your friend Bostock was one of the queerest. I have met a lot of strange chaps in my time, and shall meet a few more, I dare say, but I scarcely expect to beat him. Happily, I have never learned cynicism from my wanderings and my experiences. I am glad to think that the good people outnumber the bad, and I am glad to think that it has been my privilege of late to know such a number of dear people in the dear old country from which, desperate hardened vagabond that I am, I am actually running away. Yes, yes, I must have gipsy blood in me which will not let me stay in peace in my own land and with my own people do not fancy that I did not relish my little recent taste of civilization and respectability my sitting at good men's tables and hearing bells toll to church indeed indeed and yet again indeed I relished it hugely, relished it so much that, as I say, there was a moment, a moment of hallucination, in which I fancied that the pleasant episode might become an abiding fact that the tramp had turned citizen. But the hallucination did not endure, though I think that for a time you shared in it. It would never have done, dear sister even if it had been possible and it never was possible never never it would never have done i am not the right kind of man to make a woman happy such a woman too that she will be happy i hope trust and believe in gerald aspen she has got a husband who if he is not quite fidelia's peer as what man is is very honourable, very honest, very loyal, stable, steadfast, devoted, rich in all qualities that make a woman's married life a happy one. And that Fidelia's life may be a happy one is the dearest prayer that my battered heart can utter. I think you were a little surprised that I waited to see them married. Why not, why not? They are both dear to me, and I helped them both a little, and I like to see a thing through. But after it was over, I did not care to stay much longer in the old country, and that is why, when you thought I was off in Brighton, Forest and sea breezes, I was speeding across Europe in the Orient Express. Remember me to all friends raven and his wife i may possibly meet somewhere for i hear that they are going off on a tremendous travel together all around the world and all over it pretty little lydia ought to enjoy that for she has something of the roving spirit of her excellent uncle and raven makes a capital companion especially to the woman who happens to be in love with him I should think that fortune and felicity would improve raven i always knew him to be a good fellow at heart and if he was wild he came of a wild stock it would hardly be quite decent for me would it to reproach him at all on that score but a granting to preach at any one would scarcely afford edification as i write the sun is shining on the bosporus and when i look up from my paper i can see the flags of many nations fluttering in the breeze the sight of them sets my fancy fluttering too and i feel that i must be off in a day or two by sea or by land i have half a mind to join boringer at marseilles where he is busy organizing an expedition to the south pole Whatever I do, or wherever I go, I hope there will always be a kind thought in your dear heart, for your very unsatisfactory, incorrigible, but very devoted brother, Rupert Granton. The end. End of Chapter Thirty One. End of Red Diamonds by Justin McCarthy read by caroline in the summer of two thousand and twelve in oslo norway and hanover germany thank you for listening